Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Everybody else, y'all feel good this morning? I feel good. Hey, I want to go to the book of Matthew chapter 28, scripture that was read in your hearing, and share with you the word that the Lord shared with me to share with you. Matthew 28 verse 5 says, The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. I want to talk about the resurrection still speaks. Hallelujah. The blood still works. <laughs> and the resurrection still speaks. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your word and the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word and the things that you sent your word to. So thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for what your word will accomplish in our lives as we humbly submit to you. God be glorified. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. The resurrection still speaks. Amen. For many of us, we can immediately agree with that statement. I was, I was reading an article on CNN recently and the the author was talking about the decline of Christianity in America and where things seem to be going with the church and particularly talked about the trends in American society uh, where there there is uh, just a decline in church membership and even people who, who attach themselves to denominations. Uh, he talked about uh, a group I've not heard of before, and that's my own fault for not having heard. If you don't read, you don't know sometimes. <laughs> but a group of people called the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, yeah, uh, who don't associate with, with, with anybody, anything. He talks about the white nationalists and, and those who, who in Christianity uh, have associated Christianity with nationalism and how destructive that is to the body of Christ. He, he talked about the fact that, that since covert, you know, our churches have declined in membership and just a whole lot of things. And I won't go through the entire article. It's a very interesting article. Um, but at the end of the article, he, he talked about the hope that the church has. And, and, and the Lord spoke to me from that because the Bible teaches us that our hope will not make us ashamed. Amen. It will not. 
with the, all of the talk, with all of the speculation, with all of the conclusions out there that are being drawn, drawn about the church and the Christian faith, our hope will not make us ashamed. Amen. Amen. Uh, and the Lord has been ministering to me uh, about his church for some time in the hope that we, the people of faith, the body of Christ, have in him. And, and one of the things that's so critical that, that we catch is the image of the body of Christ, of us being the body of Christ. So Christ is our head, we are his body, and we're attached to the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Amen? Amen. The king of the universe, the Messiah. Amen. The one who has brought God's kingdom in our midst. Amen. And regardless of what happens in the church, the kingdom of God well, has already won the battle. We've got to see that. Regardless of what you see around you, Jesus has already won the battle. Amen? Yeah, yeah. So, and, and Jesus did say, upon this rock, I will build my church, this rock of faith, that I am the foundation of the church. Uh, it's Peter's confession of faith in Jesus as the Messiah. Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're one of the prophets. And I would, uh, uh, but then he said, well, who do you say that I am? He said, Peter answered for the rest of them, you are the Christ. And Christ there means the anointed one. You are the Messiah, meaning that you're the one that God has sent. Uh, Israel has been looking for the Messiah for all, for generations now. For years, after the book of Malachi, that's 400 years of silence, amen, where there's no word from the Lord for 400 years. And, and, and during this period of silence, there were those in Israel, not everybody, there were those in Israel who, who kept the hope for the Messiah, amen. And, you know, sometimes in Christianity, yes, we want everybody to be saved and we want, we want everybody to come to Christ, but everybody's not coming to Christ, Everybody's not going to be saved. Doesn't mean that we should stop ministering, but it helps us when we get the understanding that, that everybody is not coming to Jesus. There are some people who are going to die in their sins and they're going to end up in hell because of their own choice. Nobody made them make that choice. They may have been influenced by Satan, but they made the choice. And many, many have heard the gospel and have rejected Jesus Christ. So they're going to go to hell. Amen. That's just a matter of fact. Hell has enlarged herself and opened her mouth beyond measure. Why? Because so many people are going there. Just don't, you, you should not be the one who chooses to go to hell. Amen. Amen. If somebody else chooses to go, that's on them. If mama chooses to go, that's on her. Daddy, that's on him. If brother, sister, that's on them. I'm not going to hell. Amen. I, I've already made my mind and made my decision for Jesus. Amen. Amen. I, I'm going to be with him when he comes. So, you know, thank God I believe my mama was saved. I believe my daddy was saved. But if any of my sisters and brothers are still living, if they choose to die and go to hell, that's on them. I cannot make them do anything. Amen. If my wife or my son decide they want to go to hell, that's on them. I can only be responsible for myself. I can try to influence them. Are you understanding me? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so we, we've got to see ourselves backing up uh, here as the body of Christ. We're connected to Jesus. That's a great image for us to, to catch because when we, when we get that image that we are the body of Christ, amen, then we, we don't send God, we go. Because we're his body. So, so whatever, whatever Christ is doing, we are doing. Because we're his body. Amen. Wherever we are, Christ is. Because we're his body. So, so Christ is in my home because I'm there. Amen. I'm part of his body. Amen. Christ is in Walmart when I go because I'm there. I am, I, am, I am a part of his body. When I get on an airplane, I don't need to be afraid of anything because, and everybody else should be comfortable too because... I'm there. <laughs> Unless the Lord decides to take me home while I'm on the airplane. And, amen. If he decides to bring the plane down and all of us go. Amen. Amen. But, but you got to get that image because a lot of times we don't make that connection that daily we are Christ in our neighborhoods in the earth. Let me, I got way ahead of myself. But that's so important. Amen. Regardless of how it looks in this world, regardless of how things look, Amen. How things appear, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is alive and strong. Amen. It does not mean that everybody you see who gathers in any congregation on Sunday morning, that they are the church. Amen. It does not mean that. It means that, that those called out ones, those who, who've gotten the revelation, those who've given their lives to Jesus, amen, as Savior and Lord, amen, they are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is strong and well. Amen. And I don't say that for us to start looking around and see who's real or not. Amen. You know whether you're real or not. Amen. Amen. You know whether your sins are covered by the blood of Jesus. Amen. And that you, you are living for Christ each day of your life. If you find yourself out of the will of God, you need to jump back in as quick as you can. Amen. Just get in the will of God. Amen. Get in the will of God. So uh, regardless of the attacks of the enemy, the church, the body of Christ is alive and well and strong. We should always focus our minds in on what took place in the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Keep your focus on the resurrection. Don't, don't ever take your focus off of the resurrection. Keep the resurrection fresh and foremost in your mind because the resurrection resurrection speaks to us. Amen. That God raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus who was actually dead. His physical body, he was dead on that cross. And, and you know, we're in, the, we're in the body, so we should believe the scriptures. Amen. I shouldn't be trying to convince you today of the scriptures, but history speaks of the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not just what's written in the Bible. Amen. History speaks to this. Amen. And, you know, you think about the fact that these men, these people, not just the 12 men, but, excuse me, uh, these in the upper room, there were, there were how many? 120? Another time, there were 500 brethren that Jesus appeared to. And so all of these people who were followers of Jesus, they put their lives on the line. Amen. They gave their lives to testify that Jesus was alive, that he is the Christ, that he is the Messiah. They were, Stephen was killed. Stephen was stoned to death. Would you be stoned to death for a lie? Nobody in their right mind would be stoned to death for a lie. 
Amen. Even if you doubted it, amen, you wouldn't be stoned to death. If you doubted it, you'd be trying to find a way, amen, to get to get free and run away. Amen. Amen. So, you know, it, this, this is the truth. So I shouldn't be trying to convince those of us who've gathered. Maybe somebody online might need the evidence, but, but, but the resurrection is real. The resurrection is real. Satan tried to thwart God's plan uh, and thought he had won when Jesus was crucified. You remember? Paul said if, if the princes of this world had known what God was doing in Jesus, they would not have crucified him. Amen. But what they actually did, what, what Satan, when he prompted, when he pushed those religious leaders to reject Jesus, amen, and to turn against Jesus. And, and Jesus had given all of the evidences that he was the Messiah, amen, through the miracles that he performed, amen. But I know people in the church today look for miracles, but we should not be looking for miracles today. Amen. Because we should already believe. Amen. We don't need a sign. We've already gotten the sign. Amen. Amen. So if things don't happen the way you think they ought to happen, you should still believe. Amen. Because by now, if you've been in the Lord, amen, you should be mature enough to know, amen, that that God is faithful regardless. Amen. And he may not work the way we want him to work, but he is still sovereign. Amen. He is still God and he is still worthy of our praise and our adoration. But anyway, Satan tried to throw God's plan, amen, but he didn't know that what he did was all a part of God's plan, amen, because of the fact that, that God's law says, and I, I didn't want to, I started writing this message, and I had to back up because I was not going to preach two hours this morning, amen, so I'm, I'm going to try to run forward a bit, so, so, and we've talked about this, but somebody really needs to latch on to this, amen, uh, um, so, so, so God's law says the soul that sin shall surely die. God cannot violate his own law. Amen. We may violate the law. Amen. Just like when you get a speeding ticket. Amen. And you end up getting, when you're speeding, you end up getting a ticket. Amen. Because you broke the law. Amen. Uh, some people go to jail because they did what? Broke the law. God cannot violate his law. Amen. So in order for God not to violate his law, and, and you know, Paul talks about this in Romans. If you've been here long enough, you've heard us teach this before. In Romans, Paul talked about doing things, God doing things a legal, legal way so that he will be just and the justifier of those who have faith in him. So, so Satan is there. Satan opposes God, and Satan is looking for a, a way to accuse God. So if God had just forgiven mankind of their sins, Satan could say, aha, uh-huh, you forgave those human beings that you created for their sins, but you wouldn't forgive us. Satan, remember, is expelled from heaven with no means of repentance. The demons who rebelled against God are expelled from heaven with no means of repentance. But we can rebel against God and we have a means of repentance and reconciliation and restoration. Does not mean that we should continue in sin. Can somebody say, Lord, help me not continue in sin so that grace may abound. Woo. I was talking with Dr. Barr last week after he watched the, 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 uh, the, the service last, last week. He said, when we, when we were talking about grace, he said, no one should want that much grace 
that you go so far out there that you need that much grace to bring you back. Because when you're going out there and you're depending on grace, you're forgetting that there are consequences for your sins. Amen. And there are consequences that are not taken away. Amen. Because of your sin. The Lord may have mercy on you, but there are still consequences for your sins. So even though grace may abound, you should not won't abound in grace every day of your life because of your sin. Thank God for abounding grace. Amen. But don't have the attitude that I can do what I want to do just so I can have God's grace. Or I can do what I want to do and I still have God's grace. Mm. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I remember old lady one time. We were, you know, I'm, I'm old, so I remember older people. So, you know, I've been, in, I've been in the fellowship all of my life and paid attention to old people because old people had a lot to say. Some of it didn't make sense, but some of it made a lot of sense. She said, you can run out there if you want to and think you can get back, but you better be careful because one day you may run out there and not get back. You might get caught. Lord have mercy. Anyway, so, yeah. So Satan didn't know what he was doing, amen, but he was fulfilling God's plan because Jesus Christ, amen, whose blood is sinless because he has no human DNA, amen, even though Mary was the vessel through whom Jesus came, was used to bring Jesus into the world, there was no human DNA passed between Mary and Jesus. Amen. Because he's conceived of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost keeps him in, in her womb. Amen. He doesn't even have to have an umbilical cord. Because if there was an umbilical cord attached, attached to him, then Mary's DNA would have passed into Jesus. So there's no umbilical cord attached. This is the miracle of God. You may not understand it. Science may not understand it. Any doctor in the world may say that is impossible. But the things that are impossible with man are possible with God. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? So Jesus comes into this world and Jesus lives. Jesus is the Messiah, amen, the one that God sends. And Jesus goes to the cross, amen, willingly gives his life to be crucified on the cross, amen, because it is the blood sacrifice that must be offered for sin. The, the pattern is set in the Old Testament, amen. Even when Adam and Eve sins, God clothes them with animal skin to cover their sin. In order to get the sin, to get the skin, blood had to be shed. So the, the, the principle is set in the Old Testament. Amen. And so Jesus then gives his sinless blood for you and me so that we can be saved. Amen. Because God's law says the soul that sins shall surely die. Jesus takes your place. He takes my place. And everyone else in the world, he takes our place on the cross so that we can be saved. God's law can be satisfied for us, and we don't have to suffer the ultimate penalty of eternal separation from God. Isn't that wonderful? That's just amazing. I mean, you really got to, you really should get that. You really, every one of us should really grab a hold to this, amen, so that we understand this. This is so critical. We say it all of the time, but you know, I've discovered over the years that people can sit and worship on Sunday morning and miss the whole sermon. I don't know where their minds are. 
you know, I don't know who, who they were visiting while they were in church, amen, or who they were expecting to visit after worship, but people can miss so much. I know you can't contain everything, amen, but, but a diligent disciple studies. So then a diligent disciple takes notes, and a diligent disciple goes back and reviews, amen? If you're going to pass the bar exam, that means you got to do what? You better study. You better just not read the book, but you better study, and you better go over and over and over that stuff, amen? If you're going to pass, amen, get your, your nurse's license, or, uh, or you, I may not be saying that right, uh, or, or become a doctor, you better do what? You better study. If you're going to be a teacher, you better study. You just don't go to class and sit there and look and you, your mind is on the soccer field or your mind is in the nightclub. You better pay attention and you better study. Yeah. Amen. Anyway, so, so, so the Christian faith will not die. It will not die. The church of Jesus Christ will not die. Amen. Because neither of these are based upon the actions or conclusions of human beings. Amen. Christianity is not simply a religion that fluctuates with the frivolities of the human race. Christianity is a faith that is founded upon and rooted in the fact that Jesus Christ, amen, is Lord, is Messiah, amen, the son of the living God, proven because God raised him from the dead on the third day, just as he said. The angel said he's risen, just as he said. So what was prophesied about him has come to pass. Amen. By now, we should not be debating that issue. But many of us are still debating it. So the Christian faith is not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Amen. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is not going anywhere until Jesus comes. Amen. We're in the church age. And we're going to be here. The church is going to be here until Jesus comes back to take his church out of the world. Amen. I think we need to go back to playing those, those, those old videos about the rapture because I don't think a lot of people believe the rapture anymore. I said to my wife this morning, we got to reach children because if we don't reach the little children, amen, and bring them up in the faith, they're not going to know Christ because a lot of young parents now have no connection to God. They don't know God. Mm-mm. They don't know scripture. They're not in church. They're not studying. They may own a Bible, but 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 a lot of them don't read. People are going by what they hear a lot. And we have to reach children. They're, I shouldn't say, I'm not talking about every young person who's a parent, but a whole lot of them have no concept of God. And we need to go back to reaching the children. You know, how you, that's how the church grew. When they started the Sunday school movement, years and years and years ago, the man who started the Sunday school movement would go through the neighborhoods and gather children and teach children. And bring them into the faith. But now we've gotten away from that. So now we've got a group, uh, we've got a generation of people who don't know God. Don't know the principles of scripture. Who are debating with God. Debating and, 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 and so we've we got to reach children. We've got to reach the children. Reach the old people too. But, you know, children are more impressionable. Children, are, children are, uh, 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 will listen. Children will catch things. They'll watch you. Amen. Let me go on here. Amen. So, so, so. Even though church membership may wane, 
even though buildings may close, the faith that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, amen, the faith in the kingdom of God mm, is among us and will be among us until Christ returns, amen. As I said, Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So what is this chatter all about? All of this talking about the church dying and, you know, uh, church going the way of the church in America, going the way of the church in Europe. Well, you know, that was a, that was a day in time, yeah, when the church in Europe became very secular, but there's revival going on. There's revival taking place even in America. You see, what, what a lot of these people who make, are making conclusions about the church are not realizing is that immigration is taking place, and a lot of people are coming from Africa and Asia and places who are excited about Jesus. They don't have the same issues that American Christians have. And so they're coming into the United States, amen, with faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now saints of God, you don't want to be replaced, let me tell you. And you don't want to lose your spot. Don't lose your spot. Amen. And I'm not talking about black and white. I'm talking about people of faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. Don't get so caught up in your blackness that you turn yourself against Jesus. Amen. Because these Hebrew Israelite people are off base. Amen. 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 They're off base. They're out of sync. They're missing the whole point of Christianity. Amen. Christianity was Christian before it was a white man's religion. And it was never a white man's religion, amen, because Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a faith. It is a faith who, who, uh, for everyone who will embrace it. It is a faith, amen, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. It has nothing to do with religion. Yes, some theology may be wrong that was passed down to us, but, but that has nothing to do with you having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not a racial issue, and we've got to get past this, this racial thing. Amen. A white man's religion. Well, you know what some of us really need to do? We need to just buck, we need to just tighten up. I'm not talking about pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. I'm talking about just be responsible. We need to start raising children who are responsible. Lord, help me not to get on this, this, this thing. But we need to start raising children who can be responsible citizens in the United States of America. This is where you live. Stop talking about you going back to Africa. You ain't going to Africa. You don't even know how to live in America. How are you going to live in Africa? You can't function in Africa. You don't know how to, how to manipulate the system. They're going to find out that you're from America and they're going to walk all over you. You can't drink the water. You can't eat the food. You got to know what to do. You gotta, you're talking about you going back to America or going back to Africa. That's foolish. You go to Africa, you got to work, baby. You might as well get you some land somewhere in the, in the village, out of the city where there's no running water, no electricity, buy you a plot of land and plant you some seeds. So you can feed yourself. It's not racial. And we got to move beyond this. There's a whole lot of people that are off base. Christianity, America is not for the white man only. These foolish people, I was watching this thing the other day on television. And this young, young guy was up arguing with folk. Uh, 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 we are the Jews. I'm looking at this white boy. It's time of day of the Jews. You ain't Jewish. We're the Jews. Christianity was founded for America. You stole the land from the Indians. It was not for you. 
Let's tell the truth about the thing. But see, you're sitting in ministries where people are not speaking truth. Amen. And then when you sit in, in places where people are trying to speak the truth or speaking the truth, many people are rejecting it because they're looking for something else. Hmm. So all of this chatter, let's, let's talk about the true church of Jesus. Because everything that we see that's called the church is not the true church of Jesus. And everybody who carries the name Christian, they're not Christians. Amen. I'm not talking about being perfect because none of us are perfect. We've all sinned and we've all come short of the glory of God. But there are those who exercise faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who have a personal relationship with him because they have received him as their Savior and their Lord, amen, and they strive to live for him every day of their lives, recognizing that he is the Messiah. They didn't just join a church like they were joining the AKAs or the, or the, or the, or the Alphas or the Omegas, paid their membership and joined. Because you can't join the church of Jesus Christ. You cannot join the church of Jesus Christ. The church is not an organization as is framed by men. The church is an organism. The church is the body of Jesus Christ. And Christ's body is alive. Because Christ, what do we start singing? He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. So the true church can't be destroyed. You know, I don't, I don't get worried when I hear this stuff because I know the true church can't be destroyed. I don't get worried when I see folk are not connected and coming anymore. And some people have not gone to other churches. Some people stand at home. They've decided to stay at home. Then you have to wonder, if you're watching me today and you just decide to stay at home, I might be talking about you and I may not be talking about you. So don't click me off right now. You need to hear what I got to say. So if you're staying at home just because you can stay at home, you have to deal with your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're looking for comfort more than you're looking to be pushed and challenged in your walk with the Lord, you need to, you need to, you need to check yourself out. Amen. Stop judging us, but check yourself out. The Bible does say, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some. Amen. If I am the body of Christ, amen, it doesn't mean that because you come to the worship that you're not being a Christian, that you're being a Christian. But what I'm saying is if I am the body of Christ and I am connected to Christ, and then as Jesus moves and speaks and gives me direction, I move and I speak. I was in, I was in, in Publix yesterday, and I walked in, and I can't think of the name of this flower that my wife and I like. It has a very nice fragrance. And, and, and so I, I've been going in there and I said, well, this is Easter. I'm going to buy this. This is just, just three, but it had nice uh, white blooms on them. And then man looked at me. He said, is that all? <laughs> uh, you got to do more than that. And I laughed and said, oh, believe me, I do more than that. But, but he, he started a conversation with me. And then he gave me this card. In Publix, and we stood there and we talked and we talked and we talked. And on this card, and I said, you know, I brought this card because this is a good thing for us to do. On the back of this card, it says, John 13, 13 to 34 to 35, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I've loved you. You're also to love one another by this, by this, by this. 
all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So we striped, he striped up this conversation in public, right around the flower area, you know, people, people, people walking by and whatever. I think his wife stopped for a little bit, but she realized her husband was going to talk a long time, so she went on there. And we're just enjoying ourselves. And he said, he said, everywhere I go, I give people this card. And he said, if, if you are the first person, something like this, that if I don't hug you today, then you'll be the first person that I've not hugged. I said, well, brother, I won't be the first person that you've not hugged. Hug me. And we hugged each other. And we talked right there. And I said to myself, this brother understands what it means to be missional. Wherever I go, let me find a reason to talk to somebody about Jesus, not just to have a conversation, but to talk to somebody about Jesus. Now, I'll never forget this man. I said, I'm going to call you. He lives on Gordon Road right here in York. So I'm going to call this brother because he encouraged my soul. This is what we are to be doing. Uh, amen? So now, l- let, me, let me talk about this as resurrection is still speaking because all of this is tied together because we need to be the church wherever we are we need to be Christ wherever we are on your job somebody needs your testimony you got to be paying attention you have to be available to the Lord so that when that person just ask you a question that's out of the ordinary or a person who may not normally talk to you strikes up a conversation. You can't just answer them and go on. You got to say, God, is this you? Is this the opportunity? Is this the time for me to talk? And then you ought to have something. Go spend some money. I was in Liberia. I said, now listen, if y'all can buy all this hair that you all are buying, and you can have cell phones and pay your cell phone bills, you can save some money and buy a Bible. So go and buy a Bible. Some challenging you. Go spend some money and get you a little card made or something so that when the Lord gives you the opportunity to speak to somebody, you have something tangible to put in their hands. Sometimes people don't need money. They don't need money. They need somebody who cares. They need somebody who will pay attention. Mm. Well, look at this message. Look at what the resurrection says to us this morning. Because, yeah. First message, first thing how the resurrection speaks. And it's the angel, as I was praying about this, it's the angel who actually speaks, but listen to what he says. Listen to what he says. He says to the women, do not be afraid. Do not be, tell your neighbor, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. So in this article I was reading, he was talking about fear. Fear of the church dying, fear of, the, uh, of Christianity dying. But you think about fear, fear is crippling. Look at what happened to these soldiers. When they saw this angel, when the angel appeared, they said his appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The gods were so afraid of, the, of him that they shook and became like dead men. Fear can cripple you. Think about it. When you are afraid of something, when something hits you and it startles you and you become afraid, it will cripple you. You, you. you literally not know what to do. Fear can be crippling. Fear can, can stop you from living, stop you from being, stop you from discovering, stop you from speaking, stop you from going. Fear will. Fear will have you locked up in your house with the, with the windows closed and the doors closed. Fear. 
You, we might call it depression, but it's rooted in fear. It's rooted in fear. You're afraid to step out. You're afraid. Some people have fear of heights. Some people have fear of, of clouds, some of, of dark places. Some, but fear can be crippling. But the angel says to the women, as startling as this is, don't be. Now, they had gone to the tomb with the spices. You have to read the other accounts. To, to, to finish preparing or to prepare Jesus' body for burial because the crucifixion, Jesus died late in the evening and they had to bury him before the beginning of the Passover. That was their custom. So they had not prepared his body for burial. And they went to the tomb saying, who's going to roll the, the, the scripture says stone, but I want to use the word boulder. When you think of boulder, what do you think about? When you think of stone, you might be thinking about a little rock. This was not a little rock. Well, Little Rock, Arkansas, Little Rock, nothing else. It was a stone. It was a stone. Who's going to roll the stone away? But when they got there, the stone had already been rolled away. The boulder had already been rolled away. And here this angel is. Can you imagine? Early in the morning, you're getting close to the tomb and there's light. And it's not coming from the sun up above. But there's an angel sitting on this boulder. It's startling. But he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Jesus that you're looking for, who was crucified, who was dead, who was killed, he is not here. He has risen, just as he said. So at that moment, when we hear, don't be afraid, and we look at the resurrection, why should we not be afraid? Because Jesus has now conquered death. What are we afraid of mostly? We're afraid of dying. There are people in here right now scared to die. We're scared to die. You got to make peace with death so you don't be afraid of dying. Because you're going to die. Say, I'm going to die one day. So make peace one. Make peace with death. Make peace with, with your thoughts about death. Jesus has taken the sting out of death. Victory from the grave. We're, we're afraid of death because it's, it's dark. It's gloom. We don't understand it. We don't see what's on the other side of it. We may have passages that we read about people who've come back and said something about, you know, especially uh, Davies. <laughs> yeah. We know Lazarus was raised from the dead, but they had to die again. But Jesus now has conquered death. The thing that's mysterious. Now, for, for the believer, non-believers, you're still going to be scared. But for the believer, Jesus has conquered death. He's removed fear from us. So, so if this great thing that I've been afraid of has now been conquered, then everything else that I face in life, I have no reason to be afraid of it. No reason. Don't fear. Don't fear. Don't fear. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so we should not fear whatever people are saying about the church dying. I know for some people it doesn't matter. It's neither here nor there. But for those of us who are students of the word and those of us who are theologians, well, all of us are theologians in some form or another. You may not be the best one, but you're getting there. Somebody say, I'm getting there. 
Amen. I'm getting there. We might have this concern when we hear the world say, the church is dying. Nope. Mm -mm. Because Jesus has conquered death. Hallelujah. And he conquered death for all of us. So even though we die physically, if we're in the Lord, we will rise again. And we will live eternally. And our legacy, our legacy will live on. I heard Bishop Will, when I was in Liberia, talking about legacy and how his legacy is the impact that he will make on people's lives. That's greater than, you know, I grew up in an age where, the, where every, especially Baptist preachers, they want to make sure their names are on the cornerstone of a church. And they will talk about the number of churches that they built. Now, they, mind you now, they're thinking of physical buildings. And they want their legacy to live on because their name was on the cornerstone of a church. You know, I believe that the only church I led anybody and built it, I don't think they put my name on that cornerstone. Guess what? I don't care. I don't care. We don't have a cornerstone out here. Amen. That's not important. What's important is that I impart something in you. That what I have imparted in you will live on. And guess what? I've been doing this now almost 50 years. So then my prayer is that what I imparted in people when I first started preaching is still in. I've met people along the way that said, oh man, I remember this sermon you preached. I said, what was the name of it? Because I don't remember it. Are you understanding? I know, I know children who were in the orphanage like, like um, Patricia who was in the orphanage in Liberia when I first started going. I know people who are pastors now that the Lord used me to impact. When we started a touch of faith at the University of South Carolina, we started a church on campus. There are many pastors who've come out of that ministry on the University of South Carolina campus. Who did God use? And I don't say this for me to be lifted up. But I understand that when you talk about legacy, amen, it's not in the physical things that you're doing, but it's in the spiritual things that you're imparting in people's lives. One of the young men that, that came under me, that was at USC with me, now he is the bishop of some district of the AME Church in Africa. Legacy. What you leave, the church is not going to die. What kind of legacy are you leaving? So you a good cook. Oh, mama's potato pie was the best potato pie in the world. Did mama lead you to Jesus? What kind of legacy? What kind of legacy are you leaving? Mm. Oh, Lord have mercy. Well, let me see here now. I don't know where I am in my message. <laughs> but I'm almost finished. So, so, so the angel said, be not afraid. Do not be afraid. For I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Then the next message is, come and see. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, 
Come and see. Oh, Jesus, help us today. Come and see the place where he lay. I'm not just telling you about the resurrection. Hmm. 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 I am inviting you to come and see for yourself that Jesus is not dead. He's alive. Why come and see? Because when you come and see, you're going to see evidence. Amen. I think it's Luke maybe that tells us that when they went and they, they saw they saw the napkin that they had wrapped his head in laying there, folded up. They saw the grave clothes laying there, folded up. If somebody had stolen his body, those things would not have been there. Amen. If Jesus had been asleep and woke up and had to unwrap himself, he wouldn't have taken time to fold up those things. Are you understanding me? Come and see. A lot of people want to stand on the periphery of faith. You want to be on the periphery of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord says, come and see for yourself. It's not enough for mama to have faith in Jesus. It's not enough for daddy to have faith in Jesus. It's not enough for the preacher to have faith in Christ. You need faith for yourself. Come and see for yourself. You need the evidence. You need the evidence that Christ is alive. There is no way that you can have the evidence that Jesus is alive and then you go your way unaffected problem with a lot of us is that we're not willing to jump in deep water. We're adults still getting our feet wet in the kiddie pools. When we go to the beach, we walk along the edge because we can't swim. Why can't you swim? Well, now, I tell you, the beach is a little bit different. I ain't going to, I'm not going to be shark beaten. But you get the picture. We're around the edges. Many of us are around the edges of Christianity. We need to see for ourselves. My wife said to me this morning, she said, you know, a lot of people, a lot of young people are living off of what they learned in Sunday school. Thank God for Sunday school. But I had to continue to walk with the Lord. I had to continue to experience the Lord so that I have evidence for myself that Jesus is alive. It's wonderful to come to the worship service and hear the choir sing, he's alive. Here the song says, amen, because he lives, I live, I can see tomorrow. But that's not true for everybody. It's not true for everybody. Because we won't come and see for ourselves. The Lord invites you today. Come and see for yourself. I can tell you about it. But you need to know for yourself. Knowing for yourself will challenge you. Even when you are disobedient to the Lord, it'll challenge you to get your life right. When you know for yourself. Now, it's not the preachers preaching about me. No, the Holy Ghost is going to convict you. The Holy Ghost is going to convict you. Mm-mm. The preacher not preaching about you. The preacher just preaching the word. And you happen to be guilty. Amen. I've been guilty before. 
Amen. I didn't get mad and leave the church because I was guilty. I kept coming because I needed to keep coming because I'd seen for myself. I knew Jesus was alive. I know he's the Messiah. I couldn't just back away from him. No, I couldn't just go back out into the world and live any kind of way. I had to keep coming. I had to, I, I, I had to keep that connection. I mean, even when things didn't go right, sometimes people say, you know, why, why do you do the way you do? Why, do you, why are you so easy with people? You know, hey, listen, the Lord, he, he can see a bruised reed and won't break it. He'll see a smoking flax and won't put it out. You know, you know, I'm not the kind of preacher that's trying to put your fire out. Amen. I want you to get your fire burning even more. Amen. I want to give you enough wood. Amen. So you can get your, but you got to take the wood and you got to put the wood on the fire. I can't do that for you. I got enough trouble doing stuff for myself. I can preach to you, but I got to deal with myself. Oh, Lord have mercy. What did it start? It's not because I came and I saw for myself. I've experienced the Lord for myself. I know Jesus for myself. Amen. It was mama's faith, but now it's my faith. It was daddy's faith, but now. Benefit in coming and seeing for yourself. When you come and see for yourself, you get the evidence you need. When you see for yourself, you get the proof you need in order to testify when you are asked. Because you're going to be asked. You're going to be asked going to be asked. Now that you know for yourself, I don't have to talk about somebody else's faith. Talk about my own faith. Ooh, Lord have mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you see for yourself, your insight change. Now, you know, when I think about the word see, I think about perception. You know what Jesus said to Nicodemus? (laughs) Unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Think about that. So unless I'm born again, there's no perception. I can't understand the things of the kingdom. Then he said, unless you're born again, you can't enter. Now you might join the church and we get glad when we have numbers. If every seat were full in here, I'd be very happy. But guess what? I'm very happy to see those of you all here today. But you know, in, in America, in the, in the church world today, we want numbers. Now, numbers does not mean we have more workers. Oh, I took my wallet out. Numbers mean we have more money. Now, we need money to fund the kingdom, but we don't need money so we can live exorbitant lives. You understand? I don't need five cars. It's just me and my wife. I only need two. And then if one breaks down, I can use one. I don't need that. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these things will be added. But he's going to supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It may not be your wants. There's an inordinate, ungodly attention on money in the body of Christ. That has nothing to do with funding the work of the kingdom. It has everything to do with us being comfortable and doing what we want to do when we want to do it. So the things I don't need. I don't need a mansion to live in. I need Jesus. 
I need to be involved in his work. Because Jesus didn't just, just say, come and see. Let me go in and finish this. He also said, then go quickly and tell his disciples. So don't be afraid. Come and see. Then go and tell. Somebody said, go and tell. You can't leave that part out because part of knowing Jesus for yourself is engaging with him in his ministry. So the resurrection says to us that we have a responsibility to go and tell others about Jesus. That man yesterday in Publix was going and telling. You and I should be going and telling every day. Remember? The word became flesh and moved into your neighborhood. Go and tell. 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 So we have this responsibility to go and tell. Go and tell. That woman that Jesus met at the well, when he finished talking to her, because she encountered Jesus. If you encounter Jesus, your life will be changed. When he finished, she ran to the city. She said, Could this be? Come and see this man who told me everything I'd done. Could this be the Messiah? They came, saw for themselves, and they said, Now we believe. We believe first because she told us, but now we believe because we've seen for ourselves. So she went to tell. He says to the church, Go. He says to his body, this is why you got to get the image that you are the body of Christ. You can't be quiet. You got to go and tell someone. Yeah. Go as you go. Make disciples of all nations. As you go, you're talking about Jesus. As you live, your life speaks of Christ. You got to see yourself as the body. Remember, they beheld his glory, full of grace and truth. So they got to behold Jesus in your life. They got to see Jesus in the way you live. So that then they, you are asked the question, why? Why? I see a young lady visiting. She's, she's not really a visitor. And I hope she doesn't mind me talking about this one. You know, we were in, in, uh, in, uh, where were we? In Jamaica. So we went on the boat ride down the river. And my wife wouldn't go, couldn't go because of the instability of getting on the raft and whatever. But she said, I want you to enjoy yourself, so go. Now listen, so everybody else, there were, there were couples. And so she was by herself and I was by myself. Now I got enough common sense to know that I'm a married man. All right. So... We get on her, she said, I don't mind, we can ride together, let's ride together. Now, I got enough common sense to know that we're going to video part of this and people are going to see this online. People going to hear me talking, they're going to know I'm not with my wife and I'm in Jamaica. But more important than that, I wanted her to know that I was not the type of man that was going to make a pass at her. Amen. And so when we finished talking, we talked about, I gave her my testimony. She talked about something and says, I'm coming to visit your church. And she's been coming. She's here today. You don't have to look back. <laughs> but do you understand what I'm saying? You have to live in such a way that people behold Christ in you. 
so that the question can be asked, even if they don't say it verbally. Why, why are you like that? Why are you not like other men? Or why are you not like other women? Why? Then you, get, you have the opportunity to share your faith in Jesus. You got you to gotta be Christ. Lastly, go and tell. Lastly, listen. Lastly, the last thing. Go and tell his disciples quickly. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. The last part of this message is that when the Lord sent you, he never sent you alone. We can do this. We can go and tell because the Lord has prepared us and the Lord has gone before us. Do you realize that the Lord was in Publix before I got there yesterday? We pray that the Lord will go before us when we go on the mission field. But the Lord is going to go before us. He's going to prepare the way. And you've got to know that, 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 that the Lord is, is here with you, but he is going with you, and he's going before you, before you get there, before the opportunity is set up. He's setting up the opportunity. He's there in the midst of now. All you've got to do is be him and communicate his message. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. Why are so many people in, in the quote-unquote church afraid to talk about Jesus? The message of the resurrection. Let's stand. It still speaks. 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 I pray the resurrection is speaking to you today. You have a responsibility as the body of Christ to go and tell someone even today some of us will be gathering with us, some of our families and our friends and we may not the people we've encountered today, some of them may not know Christ, some of them may not, they may have been in the Lord years ago and they've strayed away for some reason listen this is not about an individual building, a denomination. It's not even about a physical human being. This is about you and your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The reason he saved you, to send you into the world to tell someone else about him. Not just to send you, but for you to be him in your community to be him in your home, to be him in your relationships. The resurrection is speaking today. He's alive. Yes, he's alive. We know he's alive because we are alive. We're his body and the earth rim. Now today, there's someone who would like to give your life to Jesus. Whether you're watching us online, whether you're here in the sanctuary, Christ died on the cross for your sins. It's a personal thing. He gave his life to make atonement for your sin. Yes, the sins of the entire world, but you are part today of the world that we live in. 2023, 
what Christ did on that cross, he did it for you so that you could be reconciled to him. He loves you that much. He loves you that much. Now, it's up to you to respond. Even if at one point you had responded and you strayed away. Maybe today is the time, now that you've heard the word of the Lord again, to reconnect, to rededicate your life to him. You say, well, Bishop, I'm not finished doing what I'm doing. But you heard the word today. If you step out in faith, it's not telling what the Holy Spirit will do from the point you make that step to the time you get to the altar. Because he's sovereign. He's sovereign. He can change your mind. But you got to make a decision. It has to be an act of your will that you want to give your life to Jesus or rededicate your life to Christ. Let me tell you, when Satan finishes with you, we know the scripture. He only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's his only intention. His only intention. You will never see it until it's too late. Until you've gotten so far down in degradation or so far away that you feel like you can't come back. I said too late, but but as long as there's a God, it's, it's never too late if you were here. You were here. There was a man named Legion. I mean, he had thousands of demons in him. But he met Jesus. And he was delivered. There's a song that says, Jesus will reach way down. How does that song go? He has to reach way down. Yeah. Yeah. He'll reach down. He'll reach way down. Because he loves you that much. He doesn't want to see your life destroyed. There's purpose for you. There's life for you, and there's purpose for you in his kingdom. Will you give your life to Jesus today? Will you rededicate your life to Christ? If you, if you don't have a church home and, and you're looking for a place to connect, if the Spirit of the Lord has sent you here, will you, will you say yes to the Lord and connect with us? With the altars open, if you want to come down, if you're, if you're watching online, we're going to pray in just a moment. But if there's anybody in the sanctuary, who wants to rededicate, give your life to Christ or rededicate your life to Christ, come down to the altar now as we prepare to pray. The Lord loves you. The Lord is calling you. He's not overlooked you. He sees you where you are. He created you in his own image and his own likeness. He created you with purpose. Now it's time to start fulfilling your purpose for him. If you're not saved and you want to be saved, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross. You made atonement for my sin. I don't understand it all, but I heard what the preacher said. I believe. You died for me to satisfy God's righteous requirement so that I can be saved. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me from my sin. Be my Savior. 
be my Lord. I accept you now. Thank you for saving me. If you prayed that prayer, it's a prayer of faith. If that's a decision of your will, then the Lord has answered your request. This is what you need to do. If you're watching us online, let us know. Write to us. Give us your information so that we can follow up with you. We can pray with you. We can help you start this growth process. And even if you don't know of a church that you need to connect with, we can help you find a church. Let me tell you, this Jesus, this is the Jesus who loved a prostitute. This is the Jesus who loved a man that was filled with demons. This is the Jesus who loved a boy that was demonically possessed. There's nothing you can go through in your life that the Lord doesn't know about and that the Lord doesn't care about and that the Lord doesn't want to help you come through and overcome. So I pray today, even if you didn't give your life to Jesus today, this, that this word will not return to the Lord void, that this word will prick your heart and draw you to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lift your hands in the sanctuary. Father, and even online, Father, thank you for, for allowing us to gather together this morning. Thank you for those who are watching us online. I intercede for every person today, for every believer, God, that you will strengthen us. Help us to see who we are and to embrace who we are, your body in the earth realm. Help us to be your body. Help us to live in such a way that we exemplify your body in the earth realm. So that when people see us, they will behold your glory. And ask the question, why? So that we will have the opportunity share our faith in them with them God use us as you still as you speak to us every day through your resurrection use us to speak to others thank you for your anointing that destroys the yokes and it removes the burden thank you for this body of believers who are equipped to share this gospel message and to affect your kingdom wherever we go in the name of Jesus Christ and we pray and we thank you. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, 
we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.